Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Get in the Garage. We're the music podcast. For music lovers. As always, we've got a great show ahead here for you. But before we begin, please remember to like and subscribe and comment and all that stuff. And also share the podcast with your friends and family and your... Beloved. Oh. Oh, I went the other way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, yes. Uh, Luke, you want to uh, tell the good people uh, what to expect for this episode while I cue up the theme here? Yeah, we have music news like always for you. We have... Uh, a th- classic throwback of Pink Floyd's Animals. They have a new mix that is from 2018 that we're just getting now in 2022. We also have brand new music reviews for you. We have the Mars Volta and Blackpink. Blackpink. Let's get it started. Yeah, here. We're fine. Yeah, where's that, where's that guitar? I, I didn't get to see it. Oh, it's back there. We have to set it up for our... All right, all right, all right. Let's get into some music news, guys. Luke, do you have a... I I feel... Thank you. You're welcome. I thought you were going to start it off. There's a lot of of legal news uh, happening. I don't know for those who who aren't sure, so... Oh, I feel like Luke's legal corner is uh, a real downer this week, but if you have the legal news, I will give you the bench. No, no, no. Go ahead. Give us us some uh, legal Uh, news. Oh, I don't have any legal news this week. Oh, you don't? No, that's why. Well, hit us with... want to lead off the legal corner... Well, hit hit us. You go ahead and and, and get us going here, and then we'll we'll uh, get into it. get us started where we left off. Last week, we reviewed Ozzy Osbourne's patient number nine his brand new album please go back and watch that review it was great uh ozzy has a number one album on billboard which is his first number one album uh this is his 13th album and it's really interesting he also has the number one vinyl lp in the country so not only is it the number one on the billboard pop album charts but it's also number one on the vinyl charts uh on the rock charts it's all number one Mm. so it's really cool uh it sold 52,000 copies, which isn't a ton of copies. But oh, man, that's like... No copies, but in uh, remember modern... back in the days? Remember when Shaggy was pushing 1.2 million a week? <laughs> do, do I? <laughs> Mr. Lova Lova. Uh, for modern times, yeah, though, that's yeah, what it takes to get true. a number one album yeah. on the Billboard album charts. 52,000. Um, it is fairly popular in the vinyl community. Oh, yeah. I've been seeing it on Instagram quite a lot, and... It's really exciting because it's a pretty great modern Aussie record. So check out our review from last week. And that is my lead off music news. Uh, well, speaking of records, Harry Styles single as it was ties for the record for the um, uh, the longest running solo number one hit. Ties with Old Town Road? Uh, no, it actually. So it's um, it's tied for the fourth longest run at number one. Yeah. In the 63-year history of the chart, um, pulling even with seven other smashes, Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You, Boys to Men, I'll Make Love to You, Los Del Rio's Macarena, uh, Elton John's Candle in the Wind, 19, not from, from 1997, uh, We Belong Together, uh, the, Black, yeah, uh, the Black Eyed Peas, I Got a Feeling, uh, <laughs> oh my and God, Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars' Uptown Funk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so pretty. <laughs> oh, mazel tov. So, so what? So, so the ones ahead of it then are, is that listed there on that? Whatever um, you're reading. Da, 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 da. 
Yeah, I think right. Old Town Road, I think. Yeah, Old Town Road record. is nineteen weeks. That's that's the record. That's number one. So 19, it's that, it's, so it's tied weeks. for. Despacito oh. was at sixteen weeks. Oh yeah. And then one sweet day, Boyz II Men and Mariah, Mariah Carey, Carey was sixteen weeks. Yeah. Nineteen so, weeks. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Wow. Pretty crazy. I mean, it As is a it banger. Was. That's the one that sounds you like know "Take on it's Me." Just the same as yeah, right. it was the lead-off single. Yeah. yeah, but right on for Harry Styles. I mean, you yeah, know, yeah. he got he 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 was uh, in the news more recently for being accused of spitting on uh, what's his name? Falsely there? accused. Falsely accused. Falsely accused. We justice act- for Harry. <laughs> justice for justice for Harry. We talked about this before that episode ro- uh, was rolling, but yeah. we never brought it up on the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So falsely accused. This is true. Falsely accused. He was not. Uh, he was not spitting on him. Anyway, <laughs> let's move. On. Let's move um, on, Jeffrey. Uh, in uh, in Boomer news. Recently announced, Steely Dan is releasing new mixes on vinyl of their classic first seven albums. Can't Buy a Thrill, Countdown to Ecstasy, Pretzel Logic, Katie Lied, Royal Scam, Asia, and Gaucho. Um, the job. first the first album is dropping November 4th, which coincides with the 50th anniversary of their debut album. So Nice. That's really exciting. Uh, yeah. yeah. Who's... Is somebody uh, is Donald Fagan in charge of? Uh... Um, Donald Fagan is a consultant. The guy in charge, I don't know, but you can Google it. Um, <laughs> I know that they are working off of the original analog tapes for the first five of those, and then for Asia and Gaucho, they're working off of like non-EQ'd copies of the masters mm. because, like, mysteriously, even though those are the two most like poured-over audiophile albums, basically of the last fifty years. There are no copies, I guess, of the masters. Really? So, uh-huh. but they're you know using the closest thing to it, uh, EQ'd by Bob Ludwig, blah blah blah. So you know, I was no, just wondering uh, if it was like a name or anyone like because the Beatles. It is have, a name. What's I, his name? Yeah, I I I can't remember his name. I do also know that they are releasing it as um, thirty three and a half uh, normal spin vinyl for whatever. Let's say. $35, $40 or whatever. Mm. And then they're also doing a version that spins at 45 for like the super high def listeners and those start at $150. Whoa. Yeah, because, they'll, they'll sell out too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Like yeah. That. yeah. Oh yeah, sure. every 67-year-old cool cat is going to buy one of those bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Luke, do we uh do we have anything else moving on? Yes, um I would just like to shout out two small pieces of like anniversary. Today is Earth Wind and Fire Day. It is Do you remember? I do remember. I asked Michael at work today. It is uh the 19th. Oh no, it's the <laughs> God damn it. It's the 21st of September. Do you remember do the you 19th? Remember the, the 19th? 19th of September. I don't know if that flows Maurice got <laughs> changed his lyrics. Uh, 22nd? No. 25th. Uh, oh, we're well, getting 25th close. close. I would work. flub the line. First, first, that's what it is. <laughs> but uh it's Earth, Wind, and Fire Day. Um, yeah. yes, do something memorable so you can remember it. Uh, yes. A tweet yeah. I read. Listen to Earth, Wind, and Fire, especially All in All, the album with the pyramid, and uh, I Am, which the album with like Stonehenge. <laughs> like they're very, you know. And those are the albums, though. Yeah. Do you my, have rec- my recommendation. All in All starts off with my favorite Earth, Wind, and Fire song, which is Serpentine Fire. Mm. Nasty. Oh, this is the that's the I'm, second I'm gonna, album. I'm going to shout out "Last Days and Time." That's the uh, second record. I love mm. the opening I love track that on old. here. Oh. They're more like Santana; those first albums. Yeah, yeah, this is like definitely not the production yeah. style we're used to, but yeah, definitely great. Also, one. September, one of those songs 
which was like kind of a very normal thing back in the day, and maybe still today, but it was a single that was off of their Greatest Hits Volume 1. So like mm. they went, well, we'll give you an album of like our 10 best songs, and then you know what? This brand new song, it's also going to be a greatest hit, and you know what? It was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another artist that did that in the same fashion, uh, Tom Petty, yeah. Tom Petty's Greatest Hits, Mary Jane's Last Dance is mm-hmm. exclusive to that Greatest yep. Hits. Oh, yeah, yeah. Huge yep. hit. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. Right on. Um, okay, guys, I have like, I actually have some. Oh, guys. Yeah. Other anniversary. It's been 30 years of Radiohead's Creep today. Uh, oh, yes. The 21st of September. Congratulations. You Call fucking the, losers you or, fucking, or whatever the line is. So <laughs> that. Fucking weirdos. Fucking weirdos. Um, <laughs> that was the other anniversary I had. I just couldn't leave that one. Thank you. Uh, yes, thank it's you. It's been thank 30 you. years of Creep. And I also want to shout out. all creeps out there. <laughs> Uh, there's a video of Patrice O'Neill, the comedian, oh, ripping yes, yes. on this song uh, from yeah. the radio station. Type in Patrice O'Neill, Radiohead. I'm going to make a clip of it uh, and probably put yeah. it together. It is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. He, yeah. He's ripping, but also he is kind of like praising it and like paying homage to like. Oh, it's yeah. like a cultural, like yeah. he explains why this song is important right. culturally yeah. to mostly white people, yeah. exclusively white people, and it's really funny. <laughs> Radiohead. Creative geniuses who have been trying to outrun their smash one-hit wonder status. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like they yeah. have, but uh, it I lingers. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, so really, possibly one of the most important bits of music news that you're going to oh, hear God. on Get in the Garage. As it turns out, Nickelback's Chad Kroger's, we've been pronouncing his last name wrong this entire time. Did you Kroger? hear about this? Um, Kruger. Kruger. Okay. Yeah, it's Kruger. Where's the umlaut? Why did he correct us? That's I don't, the way worse Why did he wait name? until 2022 to correct us, you know? R- I, Rihanna has still not corrected us. Uh, is it Rihanna? No, it's Rihanna. Oh, it's Rihanna. Yeah, but Jay-Z oh. said Rihanna on his featured thing on Umbrella, and <laughs> she's always been Rihanna. Oh, no if way. You listen to her talk, yeah, Rihanna, she's, you know, she's Barbadian, and they speak with that, like, kind of, you know, Caribbean-ish patois yeah, yeah. type of accent. It, Right. So, anyways. Oh my gosh! Well, there's you. You heard it yeah. here, folks. Chad Kruger. Chad Kruger and Rihanna. <laughs> yeah. Really Chad pulled Kruger. A, a Jerry. Maybe they'll do a duet about names. <laughs> <laughs> really pulled a Jerry from Parks and Rec. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. No, it's um, Jerry. Gary. Yeah, and what's funny is, is in an interview, he um, he uh, he cites Jerry Cantrell of all people as uh, being someone who I guess they were doing an interview together, and they were like <laughs> Chad. Uh, Chad Kroger, and uh, and Jerry Cantrell was like, it's it's Kruger, uh. and ja- and Chad was like, hey man, like it's okay, you don't have to do. It. He's like, it's your last name, man. Correct them, let them know that it's it's actually Kruger. Hey, yeah, I like, like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So interesting. Yeah, so Chad Kruger, man, this whole time, I'm just saying, why did why, why, there's why probably, did we wait so long? There's probably a Nickelback interview from like 1999. They're like on TRL or something, and they're like. We're here with Chad Chad Kroger, and he's like, "It's Kruger," and he's like, "All right, moving on." <laughs> right. I'll give you. I'll give you. Look w- at this. Photograph. Give you one guess why he has never corrected them. Why? Freddy Krueger. No, because he's Canadian, and Canadians oh. value politeness above anything else. Even mispronouncing yes, a last name. Yes, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, thank you very much. Like he's <laughs> yeah. whatever. He's like, it's cool. Thanks man. for having me on, Carson. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, Carson. Whatever. All right. Well, so there you go. Chad Chad Kruger. I love uh, your music news. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have another one. I was at the gym uh, the other day, and I saw a commercial come on, and I was like, 
is this a parody or is this a real thing? Uh, there is an upcoming Whitney Houston biopic called I Want to Dance with Somebody, uh, which unfortunately ever since seeing Walk Hard, every music biopic looks like a parody. Uh, so we'll see how it is. It's also written by the guy who wrote Bohemian Rhapsody, one of the like least factually correct documentary, you know, whatever biography movies I've ever seen. So I'm sure it's gonna be like Whitney Houston lived a life in, of piety, and and it's like you know, man, she was smoking crack for ten years. Like, let's keep it real. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that's yeah. part of the life and part of why people. Oh, you we, know. we went off in that Elvis movie last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. The biopic, Sublime is getting. A biopic. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> So basically, the movie is going to be three guys smoking pot in the basement for four years. I mean, um, I'll no. tell you what they don't do. Practice Santeria in that basement. Um, Bob Marley comes and visits them in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> like Wayne's World. <laughs> Play it. They will come. Um, <laughs> it's so good. It's like, listen, you guys, you have been the greatest influence on me. <laughs> Um, so as far as like whatever, um, the family is involved in it. So, and the band members are involved in it. So, um, it should be, is Rome involved? No, (laughs) no, Uh, Rome is not in here. Uh, Bradley Knoll's family, uh, his widow and children are involved in it. And, uh, Bud got and, uh, Nope, can't remember it, but they're, no. they're also involved. What a yeah. tightrope walk, too. It's going to be like good times hanging out, drinking 40s, heroin. Like, what? Yeah. That's going to be, be rough. A, it's it's going to be, be a hard line to like walk. With yeah. That. Well, it'll hopefully be interesting. It's, hopefully it's good. I don't know. Yeah. I hope they stay true to You know what I'm saying? I yeah. hope they don't do like that typical biopic thing. Well, it might be like Lords like... of Dogtown, kind of, because like, that's kind of like the same style of like what this is in the same area. So I would imagine it would kind of look like that movie a yeah. little bit. Yeah, probably. feel like that movie. Yeah. It was like 10 years before that. So Brad- yeah. Bradley Knowles upbringing in a shanty in Jamaica. <laughs> all just fabricates all just... boy you're like wait what what are we, it, what are we it, doing twisting it, dreadlocks when he's five years old it's like what that's this when we knew that's no, when we knew the, the movie is the harder they come and Bradley Knowles <laughs> face is face swapped he has giant 1971 bell bottoms on <laughs> I thought this was supposed to be the 90s. What the fuck happened? <laughs> okay, this got off the rails. Oh, man. Wait, All right. We, we, I, I, uh, I may actually be the uh, only true Sublime fan at this table. No, I, listen, man. I woke up to, what's the album with the like the drunken clown? No, no, the one with the drunken clown in the on the record insert is yeah. um the last album. That's okay, the self title. That one, I had that, I had that yeah. that album. That was my my alarm every morning for like all of sixth grade, man. So you know. Anyway, moving on. Uh, did you guys see uh, that Post Malone fell through a hole in the stage the other I day? Did. That sucked, man. That sucked. <laughs> that looked like it hurt so bad, man. He took such a digger. Also, I didn't see what led up to it, but I assume was that a gap that he came up? It was. It's a trap. Yeah. It was a trap door. 
but, and you didn't realize it, that was it never it went down yeah because I, I think... saw like the 20 seconds beforehand and as he's singing i'm like yo there's a giant hole beyond you my yeah, man you better watch know. out yeah and he eats it too man he falls oh, right yeah. through it and like whacks his ribs right yeah, on the that, side that man not can i just say he I'm... came out and finished the show to his credit like 15 yeah. minutes later but i'm a fan of like the rolling stones at madison square garden where there's no trap doors you could just see them on the stage it's yeah. right there mm, yeah. um, uh the stage all that stuff i'm I don't need the pyro unless it's Kiss. I really don't need pyro. I don't need yeah. any of that. I don't need trap doors. Um, you could just give me like yeah. the more honest stage, and I'm good with that. Stop hurting yourself, guys. Stop I, falling off the stage. I think they like shows like his probably do the trap doors also like as a kind of security measure because they 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 have these skinny catwalks and then like a square, and it's it's safer for him to go in a tunnel with you know, bar fences underneath and be away from people rather than like walk down this catwalk and hope nobody like grabs your leg. Yeah. I hear it. Yeah. So, so sketchy. So, yeah. I'm just saying yeah. no more catwalks guys. That Cut the catwalks rough. out of your stage. Play, yeah. play in the round. I'm in for that. Yeah. I, I enjoy a good round. Me I don't too. know, man. Lenny Kravitz with the catwalk in 2005. It was, it was, it was excellent, man. With Aerosmith. It was, oh, oh, man. It was like beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, do you guys have any more music news? I have one more, no. just sort of like funny downer piece. But oh, thanks, <laughs> please. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear. It. I got the Smashing Pumpkins are releasing a. Uh, 30, I thought you were about oh, to say Smash Mouth. A thirty. Somebody. Wants- no, the uh, Smashing Pumpkins are yeah. releasing a thirty-three song epic uh, that is a follow-up to <laughs> Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Yeah. Um, they have most of the original lineup again. If you mm. uh, did not know that. Um, they are releasing the first set on November 15th, the second set on January 31st, and the third set on April 23rd. Uh, the last two sets are of next year, and then they're releasing a box set with 10 more songs when those are all done. It should be large. It should be bloated. Let's hope it's good. Yo, I just got a, a special sneak peek of it. <laughs> <laughs> and the band doesn't get a dime. <laughs> Zero. Uh... Uh, to, to finish on my Debbie Downer uh, of the day, Gene Simmons says he doesn't have any friends. Oh, I Did you I saw see that. about that? He that had an interview that. with Goldmine, and I'll give you the quote. Uh, Even today as I sit here, other than Paul Stanley, and we only get together when we do stuff for the band, how do I say this without sounding inhuman? I don't have friends. Yeah, if friends means, gee, I don't know what I'm doing, going to do this afternoon. Hey, do you want to come over and hang out? I'm more interested in what I want to do, and I don't want to pretend that I'm interested in what you want to do because I am not. So it, That sounds like a him problem. Yeah, right. Like, that's what I'm like, saying. It's just like, we're going to release an article about he doesn't have any friends, and he's just like, fuck you and your dreams, your mom. Yeah, I want to make more kiss condoms. What an idiot. <laughs> you know? Well, he is kind of a self-described narcissist. Yeah. I, he yeah. knows he's kind of a narcissist. Yeah, right, right. So, so that's why you're like, okay. It's but fu- the articles are. F- it's just are, funny that there's an article that's published that's like Gene Simmons. I don't have friends, have but friends. also don't waste my time trying to be my friend. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. It's like a double, there's like a double standard. Before we leave this music news, <laughs> yes. Did you uh, see that Kiss is plotting a Kiss 2.0 at the moment? Well, like though so they're successors. It's if called. You will. It's called suck. <laughs> well. It probably is going to look a lot like <laughs> if they suck. launch it. It's going to look a lot like what this band that we're going to cover, Blackpink, is. So, oh. they oh, so Kiss is going to be like this four could, four. It, Cor- if, it's four Korean supermodels. Oh, okay, <laughs> you yeah, know that it, makes sense. But it's probably going to be 
for yeah. guys that get trained to yeah. be the new kids. See what I'm saying? There could be a yeah, so it'll reality be like, show uh, and a documentary. Yeah, and a, uh, you feel you know me? What? I'm into it because Kiss has always been a spectacle show. Me too. Whatever. I don't listen to Kiss. But God bless, you know. Let people it, yeah. enjoy the show. Let and, it carry yeah. on. I don't yeah, care. It'll be like a, it'll be like a musical. I cool. won't be into Whatever. it, but let it carry on. Yeah. Like, yeah, it'll be like a Broadway show, yeah. right? Where it's like it's different casts all the time, but it's the same cool. show that happens. That's pretty cool. That. Yeah. See? That's not a bad idea. A blue Man Group Kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Grateful. Guess what the Grateful Dead are gonna be doing in five years? Yeah. Because right. all those dudes are seventy-five years old. Yeah. So. Anyway, all right. Moving on. Um, onward we go to the throwback pick of the yes, week. Yes, sir. Throwback pick this week is a remix, reissue of Pink Floyd's Animals, album released originally in 1977. This mix is the 2018 mix overseen by James Guthrie, who is an engineer, mixer, producer who worked with the band, I believe, since The Wall and on and off for the past you know, 40 years or whatever it's been. Um, the mix was completed, I guess, four years ago, but Roger Waters and David Gilmore. I would say probably mostly Roger Waters were arguing over what was going to be in the box set liner notes. So that's why it had not been released until now, but it's finally been released. And Four years over you liner that. notes. No. Yeah, that was like the big, that's why it says 2018 mix. I could not, no. my curiosity was like, why does this say 2018 mix on it? And then I was yeah. like, yeah. oh. I just figured yeah. there were some sort of technical difficulties. I didn't realize it was literally just them arguing over yeah. liner notes. If you would like to enjoy yeah. these said liner notes, they are on David Gilmore. Nope, Roger Waters' website. So that when with you, like crossouts and what he would have actually written. I, no, this was the this was <laughs> these the, fucking bollocks assholes. <laughs> this was the stinker. Uh, Gilmore had a disagreement yeah. with the liner notes this time. And oh, and, did he? Yes, and uh, David huh. uh, and he was like, you know. Yeah. Uh, Roger Nick Waters. Mason's just like, can you can we his, just release a goddamn album? His problem album was that already? Roger Waters' first draft said, "Well, you know, the rest of my bandmates are gonna give a fuck, so I wrote this whole album by myself." <laughs> yeah. Roger Wa- David Gilmore's like, "Well, I kind of cared, maybe." Yeah, I don't remember. There were a lot know. of drugs back then. <laughs> um, so this mix was <laughs> released. Um, I will just say, long and short of my thoughts on it, I enjoyed the mix. Um, there's a lot more beef, a lot more bass. Uh, brought to the front of the mix a lot more drums like you actually hear hi-hats and shit that was almost completely missing from the first mix yeah um and the first mix in my opinion is like so dry and so like disconnected and weirdly edited to my ear that i have never really enjoyed that mix although i do like that album a lot Mm. it's just like compared to the other ones i'm like this just doesn't have the lushness fullness it's like so like stark but this new mix feels like it's more in line with Dark Side of the Moon and Wish You Were Here and all that kind of stuff. This is also like the forgotten Pink Floyd album of the 70s. Mm. Every other Pink mm. Floyd album is giant and huge. Sure. And then Animals, yeah. I mean, it gets represented in the Naked Lady uh, art piece, yeah. but um, it really doesn't have its own, mm. you know, characteristic where they really champion it and it has mm. its, you know, it, they use the imagery from it quite a bit with the pig. <laughs> right. but yeah. It's not really songs don't get played in the radio. It has no major uh, hit single off this hard, album. It's hard to play 18-minute songs on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, they could have yeah. put the acoustic song together That's true. and formed it in one full song that bookends the album. Yeah. But it's not really a Pink Floyd album that gets that high recognition. Mm. So the cool thing about this kind of getting the last kind of final reissue of all those records is – 
now it has a chance to kind of shine in its own, especially because yeah. it got pulled back even later now. I listened to this record, and I was like, oh, okay. It definitely has its own. Dogs is the centerpiece of the record and has this great um, Animal Farm vibe that goes throughout the whole thing and really characterizes the whole record of the you know capitalist mm -hmm. Animal Farm kind of whole thing going on there. Yeah. And that song is, for me, it just, it's so like, it's such like a lost Pink Floyd classic because you get even the uh, the concert in the middle of nowhere for nobody mm. has that uh, big giant centerpiece. What is the name of that song? Um, Echoes? Yes, Echoes. And that's like a big Pink Floyd song off a pretty <coughs> not huge Pink Floyd album, yeah. Metal. Yep. And this album, you have like no representation of it. Like everybody's seen that Pink Floyd video and this doesn't really have that kind of great mm. thing that goes with it that you really – you know, but now this you sent us that new mix of dogs and we talked about it on the podcast that I think is going to be like a new kind of representation yeah, for what this album is and the great song from this album. Yeah, I because this was an album I'm not as familiar with as the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. This, this one is a this was a regular spin for me. I mean, we you know, we talk top five bands of all time a lot, you know, just in general conversation. Pink Floyd is in my top five, hands down. Mm -hmm. I love this band. Um, Animals was a record that I listened to pretty consistently, man. Like, I was really, I, I list, this was a regular spin. Dark Side, obviously, Wish You Were Here, obviously. But, you know, I mean, I liked going back. I liked, you know, I, I'm, I liked the Adam Hart Mothers and the Obscured by Clouds and all that stuff. I like Animals, too, because I find the same thing where it's like, you know, you have the giant Pink Floyd albums and I'm like, well, what's going on over here? You know, like because it's like, you know, it's not as big as Dark Side, but it's not as sort of like what as like more or, you know, Omoguma or, you know, stuff like that. There's like other stuff that kind of like gets sort of like, oh, yeah, that's a Pink Floyd album, too, you know, but um I loved I love listening to this. A fun thing that I did was uh if you have the time to do it, I uh I would A B. So I would yeah. listen to a chunk uh for the twenty eighteen mix and mm -hmm. then I would go to the other one and listen to that same like minute long chunk just That's to what see I did the if whole I could hear. Right, yeah. right. And it was it was pretty mm -hmm. cool, man. Like you said, uh, I think you said in the in the message, the group message, you're like, Oh, it's so nice to actually hear symbols in this in this record. You know, like the yeah. the, 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 the 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 drums being more pronounced, I think. Uh, helps and you're right it, there's a bit more beef behind it there's kind of this extra little push it, it just seems fresh. more of a it's, yeah. yeah like i don't know yeah. that i get it maybe they that animals the original mix is supposed to be their punk record and so that dry stark like bare bones thing is maybe what they were going for i assume because they released it that way but there's even like times that original mix where like rhythm guitars will come in and it'll be like so jarringly loud or yeah. like the keyboards will be like, oh, there's a keyboard solo, but I can kind of barely hear it. Yeah, and, yeah. And this just seems more like, oh, the the colors that are supposed to be breathing right now are you know coming out. Right. I think the other issue that happened with the original mix of this album too is what they were kind of saying is most of them can't remember even really recording much of this record, mm. so. They were building their um, headquarters studio that they ended up recording this in right mm -hmm. before it. So they all were like, I remember building that building. I don't really remember recording animals in it, though, mm -hmm. which yeah. also might have to do with what Jeffrey said at the beginning with some 
you know, illicit drug use that might have been mm. happening at the time in that band. Because yeah. this is also their – they've made two crazy successful albums, yeah. Dark Side of the Moon, Wish You Were Here, yep. Animals being the third. And it kind of falls off the rails after the wall, so – yeah. It's, and know. even during this record, this was, you know, very contentious recording things and like supposedly a lot Richard Wright and David Gilmore like had very little to do with songwriting and it became Roger Waters like it is now fully his band. He's singing he sings lead on everything except for the first half of Dogs. Yeah. And on every previous Pink Floyd album, he would sing like maybe a quarter to a third of all the lead vocals. Yeah, because yeah, I find David Gilmore's voice is way more listenable. I, I'm, yeah, he has one of my favorite voices. Yeah, of he's all got time. such a good yeah. voice, you know. And Roger Waters is so goofy and, and yelling. Yeah, but it's I I think on this it works. The anger and the yeah, frustration, right, social, right, right, right. You know, all, all the commentary. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, but I love this. I love this mix because I love the songs, but that early mix. Because it's so strange, and I just never really liked, loved going back to it, especially because they're like 18 minute long songs. So if you're not loving like the world it's putting you in sonically, you don't want to be there for 18 minutes at, at a clip. And this, yeah. I was like, ah, oh, this is nice. Like, finally, I feel like this is a Pink Floyd record and not yeah. some like. I really, um, I, I'm unfamiliar with the original mix because it's not, yeah, I mean, I've listened to it before, but nothing I can like make comment on. It's definitely, this feels. Like it's in canon, yeah. and yeah, my only gripe about this album is, like I said off camera before, cheap sounds a little like Welcome to the Machine for me. It has mm. that same kind of synth sound that goes throughout, but again, mm. that's like picking nits. This is a great yeah. record, yeah. and Dogs is a fantastic track. Yeah, yeah. let's um, let's hit our top five. Re yeah. Reorganize top five Pink Floyd albums. Who wants to kick it off with five down to one? I will go. Oh, in, in an actual order? Yeah, five down to one. Ooh. Come on, man. You can do it. I, I will go. Give, give me like a sentence of each and like name a song that you love. Uh, Hit me with your five, number five. I'm going to go with Umaguma. I love the live version <laughs> nice. of. Uh, this, is at, hot. this is five, five to one. Five, yeah. one being the best. Yeah. Uh, Umaguma yeah, okay. at five. Yeah. Uh, Set Controls, The Heart of the Sun okay. is a yeah. great early song that gets a kind of a rebeefing up in yeah. uh their big expanded form check it out mm -hmm. uh four i am going to go with i'm gonna go with animals now that i've listened okay. to it i really yeah. like it it fits in there three i'm gonna go with piper at the gates of dawn mm. it is my favorite pink floyd period mm. but if we're going all the albums overall piper's the first album the first album yeah, okay um oh i thought that was weird number one it is not, because okay. uh, I think these uh, records okay. before are fundamentally just way better records. Sure. Wish You Were Here is so good. It's mm. a full statement of loss and, you know, mm. love that. And then the classic Dark Side of the Moon, which is my, sure. like, favorite, 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 favorite. Gotcha. Uh, it's good for a reason. Jeffrey? Um, number five uh, is Metal, and... Um, that's like the first time I feel like, oh, they're getting their legs and really going to be what they become for the next decade after that. My favorite track on that would be The Closer, which is Echoes, just you know, a 20-minute instrumental masterpiece. Uh, number four would be The Wall, which is a little too wonky at times, a little too Phantom of the Opera at times. Uh, but I, uh, my favorite track on that is Hey You, which is like 
Everybody loves Comfortably Numb, but Hey You is like, it kicks off the second half of that double album, and it's like truly the centerpiece, in my opinion. Uh, number three is Animals, especially this 2018 mix. Um, number two, my favorite track on that is Sheep. I love Sheep. I love the roads uh, in the beginning, and I like the gallop, and it like never lets up, and I yeah. love that like crazy mini Moog or ARP or whatever keyboard stuff. Uh, number two, Wish You Were Here. Um, favorite track of that is the first track, which is Shine On, Crazy Diamond, parts one through five, I believe, um, which has like that keyboard sound in the beginning, which sounds like, like muted trumpets or French horns. And as a kid, I was like, what is making that? And, you know, I didn't know at 10 years old that that was a keyboard, um, but just a masterpiece and like one of the great works of their discography. Uh, and number one, Dark Side of the Moon, because yeah. my favorite genre of music is soul music, and like that has tons of soul background vocals, has tons of like funk rhythms on money, and my favorite track is Time, which is like clavinet and like jerky, funky with yeah. a ripping guitar solo, and um, one of the first records that like blew my mind the first yeah. time I listened to it when I, you know twelve years old or whenever you listen to things like that. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a record that will blow your mind drug free. Oh yeah, that's a drug, yeah, that's yeah. a drug-free mind yeah. mind blow yeah. when you're just like laying in bed in the dark at nine o'clock on a school night. Listen to it five times on repeat. Yep, yeah. blow um, your skull right open. All right, and for mine, I'll say number five. Oh, this is so difficult for me to like put them in a particular order, but I'd say number five, kicking off, obscured by clouds. I love that record. It was originally it was for a film, I believe. Uh, the opening track's killer, but the, my favorite song on that album is Childhood's End, which we said beforehand is like time before they wrote time. Uh, number four, I have to go with Adam Hart Mother. I might get some shit for that, but uh, I record. love the Adam Hart Mother suite. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of great memories tied to it. The other song on there that I love is Fat Old Son, which is cool. Mm -hmm. That's like one of the first, like, early like David Gilmore yeah. songs. Uh, number three, Animals. This Ooh. mix specifically. Okay. Okay. Um, the 2018 mix, I love it. Mm -hmm. Number two, wish you were here, and uh, you know, yeah. of course, number one, fucking Dark Side, man. How can you not love Dark Side? It's the what, best one. What's your favorite song on Wish You Were Here? Um, I mean, I think Shine on You Crazy Diamonds probably my my favorite track, but I am I have a cigar kind of guy myself. I, well, I was earlier in life, yeah. but now I but shine, I, yeah, yeah. Now that you've yeah, yeah you've gotten a little older, a little more introspective, bit. you're like yeah. Shine On's the one. Yeah. My family has always been a welcome to the machine family. Uh, I, I I will welcome. say. It's my second <laughs> it's my second favorite Pink Floyd album with my first least favorite Pink Floyd oh, song. Your, Welcome to the Machine. I fucking hate that song. I love that song. Ugh, I hate I I mean I like that point. Yeah. The key it's crazy. I think it, yeah. like the vocal melody in that has like a lot of yeah. like what they did on the wall a exactly. later, exactly. but that's like way earlier. Yeah, right, right. So I, yeah, that I mean yeah. It's an it's experience. I think the unsung hero of the band is Rick Wright, the keyboard player. Yeah, 100%, and that is like, 100%. Because people don't realize on a lot of Pink Floyd songs, it's like an electric piano, an organ, some kind of mini Moog, like lead synth, and then some other kind of like pad synth. Like that dude was like playing like yeah. everything. Like all the textural stuff yeah. is him. And singing too. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> what? Please hit me. It was all... Thank Roger you. Waters. Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot. Thank you. Rick Wright was the hired help. Uh, don't you fucking sorry, forget it. Forget okay. It. He was just the bum that he paid to play keyboards. Hey, he's the only one who made money off of that wall tour because he was hired hand. <laughs> yeah. That's it, baby. Anyway, all right. Let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll hit you with our two new album reviews. We'll be right back. 
This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hofner Guitars. I have here the Hofner Shorty. It is a full-scale, travel-sized guitar. You can find this and all of their products at HofnerGuitars.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to Get in the Garage. The music podcast. Thank you. For music lovers. Time for our two new album reviews. We're going to start off with one that is definitely out of my comfort zone for sure. I think Luke's as well. Probably the same for all three of us. Our very first K-pop band. Yeah. Um, this is the band Black Pink with their new album, Born Pink. Uh, they are a South Korean girl group that was put together via YG Entertainment and Interscope Records. Uh, YG Entertainment seems to be like some sort of like group entertainment sort of enterprise that kind of puts... Yeah, giant record conglomerate based in South yeah, Korea. Yeah, right, right. Which has like private academies to train people to be pop stars. Yeah, yeah it's so interesting. That's, that's what this band is. Yeah. This band was put together in the early 2000, like, 10s, yeah. 12s, mm-hmm. and all these women, there were others that yeah. dropped out. This was supposed to be a bigger band. This is the band that got formed, mm-hmm. and they've been uh, pretty much a record company like. Yeah. Um, Middle school through high school. Yeah, band that. Six years of training or whatever. Was trained, yeah. and that I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had something to do with what we just talked about in the music news with Kiss, uh, referencing this, but mm-hmm. it's very. Um, it's what the new the future of music is. I think people thought like or think AI music is going to be the mm. future of music. I don't think that. I think this is more the way we're going to go, especially with mm. groups of individuals. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it really started with the Backstreet Boys and Sync, like that kind of an idea where it's like this formed right. sort of thing. Have I mean, tri- that's... have tryouts with five hundred people right. who go. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like a One Direction, similar One, thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. That kind of thing, but. But um, this is like <laughs> this years is a, in a pipeline of yeah, like right. competing. Yes. Like like uh, what was that TV show? Making the band? No, the <laughs> the South Korean TV show where they're like killing people off. Oh, uh, Squid Games. Squid oh, Games. This is like Squid Games for real. Like yeah, for pop stars. Yeah. So yeah. the interesting record. The, uh, very interesting. The yeah. most interesting thing about this record is most of it's in English. So yeah, that all of it, yeah. was the most surprising thing to me because mm-hmm. when K-pop was first introduced to me, um, and I think everybody else at this table it was probably mm-hmm. um, uh, I'm gonna pronounce it wrong, but Gangman Style. Right oh, when that Psy, came out, Size sure. Gangman yeah. Style was like the big first yeah. K-pop hit in America, and that was all in Korean, which I think was yeah. mostly the appeal about it mm. in America, where I was very surprised that this was all in English, which sure. also seems to spout with their world domination thing because their al- this album is released in Korean, in Korea, and in Japan in Japanese. It'll right. probably be yeah. eventually released because they that's what they've been doing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and um, it's a it's a group of four women, um, two who are predominantly singers, two who are pro- predominantly rappers. Uh, their music is like right at the cross section of pop and EDM and like that kind of trap style hip hop type of beats. Yeah, um, but it's very you know it's very catchy. It's very high energy for the most part. Of this whole album, there's like one lower key song, maybe two. Um, very interesting thing. This album, their second full length and their first full length, are both eight songs, tw- just under twenty five minutes long. Yeah, which is like so different than most American pop music, which is like let's put out a seventeen track, hour long, bloated right. thing. This is just like, nope, da 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 da. There. This yeah. is what I like much better. Mm-hmm. It seems like a more concise statement. Mm-hmm. It. 
flow is better. It's easier to listen to. The big bloated things we've been getting, I haven't liked many of them um, yeah. for their bloatedness. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. I yeah. really – the brevity of this was probably one of the things that made me like it the most. Yeah, I kind of thought like the the way these songs came up, like are coming about – I'm going to make a wild leap here, so here we go. This reminds me of like the the songwriting on here reminds me of like the Ramones style of songwriting okay. where mm-hmm. they have a song like um like hard to love, right? Mm-hmm. What's that song about? Being hard to love. Being hard to love. <laughs> and it's yeah. just like it's right to the point. Yeah. It's and it's in even further, it's music for teenagers. Yep. It's fun. It's like this is what this is. You're gonna know it. Mm-hmm. And it's kinda like that style of teenage music. And mm-hmm. also to that Ramones point as well, um, the Ramones were highly influenced by a teenage group called the Bay City Rollers. Mm-hmm who had like that chanty shout thing. Mm-hmm. This is just the new version of that. They're doing the chanty shout thing. They're yelling black pink all the yeah. time. Yeah. And let's black pink in your area. I think they say on yes. like five tracks. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about yeah. that's a wild leap. But I mean, for me, that's where I'm coming from musically. So that's how I'm relating to this. So yeah. um, pink venom, the lead off track um, is kind of like a play on <laughs> black pink. Um, it has that imagery of like good, bad. Mm-hmm. It played to me like I don't know if you guys got this vibe, but it kind of played like um, straight out of Compton with the way it not the lyrical content, mm-hmm. but the way the song was uh, produced. It had all these crazy like switch ups, like every single girl got their own like because backing you know, beat yeah, and you mood. Know, like, yeah, because you know like straight out of Compton where it's yeah, like yeah. straight up, and then it goes like the doom doom and then mm-hmm. the new every rapper gets like their own switch up on the beat. Yeah, that's what this song did, and mm-hmm. it was like crazy. But you see like all their personalities come out mm-hmm. in like the style of it. I really tried to. Do this record. Luke's justice. going deep on a 25 minute joint here. I did, though. <laughs> like, I thought. A 35 minute review on a 25 minute record. <laughs> that's that's it, it, though. So, like, but like Pink Venom, that's like their personality yeah. all day. It's got the West Coast vibe. Yep. Another thing I thought was interesting about this record, did you guys notice that every song had a different style of music? Like, kind of. Oh, yeah, pretty for? much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, again, like the rock songs have like a little bit of, like a trap drum in yep. it, but like. I thought that was really cool. The song Hard to Love, which I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, had this really cool like 70s like funky mm-hmm. throwback in the verse and then like a pop. Is that the solo one? There's one that's a solo. It might be. I think uh, it's, it's a listed solo. I don't know. I don't have the track list for me, but it's it's like track 4 or 5. I think I think it is Hard to Love. It might be cuz it's it, just I like a feature was, for one member. Yes, I believe yeah. it was like all the way through with the same member. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look right now. Um, yeah, hard to love uh, Rose solo. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So, yeah, like that was like all the way through, and mm-hmm. it sounded like a, you know, not like the gang, like trappy yeah. thing, and that was like more of a rock song. Mm-hmm. So, this kind of album has something for everybody, too. Mm-hmm. Having said that, none of the stuff on here is super profound or the best version of that so Mm. it's cool that they're referencing a lot of this stuff but Mm. none of it's like the high watermark of it even to that note hard to love had that like 70s funky thing going on but lizzo's album Mm. about damn time her new single does that way way Mm. way better than this does Mm. this is just like a kind of um the imagery of this is more for like youth and fun and the culture of it is I would say, like, really 
interesting and like has a lot to do with like the Ramones and their leather jackets and their uniforms yeah. and this is like a lot like that. Yeah. Um. So that's where I came at it. I I like the like those two songs were probably like the best on yeah. there. Did you guys have stuff on here that you thought was like super interesting popped out? Yeah, I liked I liked the song Shut Down. Um, Me too. That was I, my favorite. Track. I know Paganini when I hear him, and yeah. that's from uh Paganini's song like from the second violin concerto. Paganini, famous violinist from whatever. Um, that felt like this group's wannabe, like you know that Spice Girls, where it's like this is the sound of this group. Yeah, and a lot more Korean on that song. Yeah, too. right, yeah. right. Yeah, and I did. I like it though. I, I mean, I um, I was pleasantly surprised. I, it, it, I thought it was a good record. I thought it was yeah. solid. You know what I yeah. mean? And the fact that it's under twenty five minutes long, poof, another thumbs up for me, man. Mm. I'm I am into that. I like mm. uh, all killer no filler record. We talk about it all the time. Mm. Um. But I think the happiest girl—that's like the ballad. I think that's the one that's the ballad. Even the ballad yes. was strong. I didn't think it was a bad tune. Like I thought, every song on this record was was strong for me, man. I liked yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, good, good pop, especially you know that twenty twenty two mix of EDM and stuff. Um, yeah, we'll see where this group goes. Yeah, I. I we'll see where K-pop goes. K-pop's huge. Like my aunt grew up on like the Jackson Five. She's about fifty. And she was raving to me the other day. She's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to see this K-pop group and this other K-pop group. And it's just that thing of like the bubblegum, poppy like group put together, but also the worldwide appeal. I don't know. It's cool. It is It is really cool. And yeah. I'm, uh, someone like me, if you're trepidatious of this music and are like, I don't know if this is for me, it's for you. It's This is for Americans. Yeah, I'd like to just, just to furthermore to say, to talk about how like what you're saying is – and. My, you know, I'm a Wikipedia warrior over here. I'll fully admit it. But uh, YG Entertainment confirmed that Born Pink surpassed 1.5 million pre-orders in six days, followed by an announcement notifying that the album had sold over 2 million copies in pre-orders on August 25th, making it the first album by a K-pop female act to achieve the milestone. Following its release, Born Pink became the first album by a K-pop girl group to sell over 1 million copies on its first day, uh, doing it. Uh, in less than 12 hours. So just to give you perspective, they sold over 1 million copies on their first day. Ozzy Osbourne sold 52,000 52, in a month. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or a couple of weeks, couple weeks. You know what I mean? Two weeks. So it's just, it goes to show you, man, K-pop is, it's uh, it's well, happening. It's a happening genre of music right now. Also noted, this is the biggest musical group in the entire world that we're talking about. Female group. Uh, I BTS think, is bigger. I think they might have surpassed the BTS thing oh, now. No. Have they? Yes, because even their the release of Black Venom, this uh, song has the most. Uh, that song has got the most first day streams of any video of all time, which was ninety thousand, uh, ninety million streams in one day when that was released. Yeah, and they also have the most. Um, I think they have the second most viewed video on YouTube ever. Really? This band. And I uh, BTS isn't in front of them on that one, I believe. So real quick. Uh, uh, I think. Uh, I, did, oh, quick. I read that yesterday. They're the second most Maybe viewed. of this year? No, I think of all time. They have the second most viewed YouTube video of they all got, time. They got some good bot accounts. We'll man. have to. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so More let's, than chocolate we're rain. Running, we're, running, we're running out of time. Uh, can we just do a quick roundtable uh, ranking and we'll move on? Yeah. So, Luca, what do you give this? Uh, six five. It's not like serious music. It's fun music. Um, you know, six five. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I'll go with you. I'll go six between six five and seven somewhere in there. I think it's great for what it is. I think it's effective. 
the people have spoken. You know, the music is great. They're selling copies left and right, and it'll be interesting to see uh, what they come up with after this. Yeah, this is six five for me as well. I, I it would have been a seven, but I actually would have liked some more Korean. That's yeah, personally, that's kind of yeah. how I felt too when I was listening to it. Not to like. like you know, not to fetishize it or whatever, but I I just would have enjoyed more because of that. because yeah. listen, I'm gonna can I just say something real fast about that? We get American music all the time that's mm-hmm. in English in this style all the time. So if you are trying to give something of yourself and your personality, this sounds like what music I already have in America made by Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, adding more of yourself would be adding some of your own culture and language. Yeah. Who with his music? So I, right. that's what I'm understanding, kind of what you're saying. It's not like yeah. you wanna. Yeah. Right. Okay. Moving on, Jeffrey. Would you like to usher us into our last new music review? Sure. Um, a new album released was the self-titled "The Mars Volta" record. Their comeback after a decade of disbanding in 2012. This album was in the works for the past two or three years. Uh, the Mars Volta is a Latin, uh, Latin American infused like prog rock type of band, uh, led by Omar Rodriguez Lopez, the guitarist, and Cedric Bixler Zavala, the vocalist. Uh, this album has some new members. Uh, their original bass player, Ava Gardner, who was in the band 20 years ago, recorded an EP and then left the band because her father passed away. So when she was like 21, she left the band. She came back. She's now in the band again, playing bass. Um, Omar's brother plays keyboards on this, and they have new drummer. Uh, Willie Rodriguez Quinones. Yes, thank you. Um, it's it's like them trying to do a pop record. They said purposely, we're not going to do a prog, like out there, crazy, super fast, time changing, whatever, but they're going to lean more pop. To me, this album like kind of is close to... Like what um, Audio Slave was kind of doing, I don't know. Like you know, like mm. some. Oh, that's I, interesting. Some people would say watered down, but some people would just say like more mature, older. Like they slowed down. They're like those two dudes are like forty six years old, forty seven years old. So yeah. they're not doing these like crazy things anymore. Yeah, yeah. I almost called you this week to be like, yeah. "Yo, what do you think of this record?" Because like I was like yeah. gra- I was grasping to get into this record. At yeah, first. we had a couple of conversations, Luke and I, and I mean, yeah, it started I, off being like. This, I, don't, I don't really like this record. And I, then, like, yeah. as it matured with us, I think we were like, yeah. uh, I think I see what they're doing here. I think I get it. I like this record. I will say um, there is one aspect of it that is extremely distracting to me, and that is um, – so Ced- Cedric's vocals, he has one of those Robert Planty type of, like, everything sounds very high. Even when he's mm-hmm. singing low, he has this frequency. His tone has this kind of, like – ring in the top harmonics to get a little music nerdy and this whole album is double tracked lead vocals that are not cleanly double tracked and they aren't they're dry so there isn't delay and reverb Mm -hmm. to kind of cushion the double tracking so the dry double tracking has this like out of phase quality so constantly the vocals sound like somewhat flanged which brings out this like even higher like false octave harmonic thing like i'm getting like kind of in the weeds of music things but no. that is exactly what it, sounds. it has yeah. this like metallic ring because it's double tracked and they're slightly out of time so it creates these like like in the tone of the vocals it's it was very distracting to me. Yeah. so 
you saying that the first three times I listened to this album six times because I really tried. I usually only do like three or four, but I did this one six times because I really was like I'm struggling to get it. Yeah. The as I listened on and I started listening to other things, the guitars, the drums, mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after I was like. There's something in the production that was like blocking me from mm. like kind of getting the whole picture, mm. and only when I listened to this on a shower speaker, a little Bluetooth portable shower speaker, did I start to get a mix of the album that was some like that was more like I was starting to get like things that were popping out. Like mm. uh, there was like nuances in this record that, and a lot of them were getting like quite buried, and a lot of the stuff that was going on. Uh, E Q U U S three, which I don't know how to pronounce Aquis, this right. Yeah. Um, yeah. there is a jazz piano solo mm-hmm. that is happening all underneath the last two, uh, the last minute and a half of the song, and you can almost not hear it at all. And it's the most fascinating, beautiful mm-hmm. thing on the track. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's the vocals like taking. That's all that you write the vocals in the middle spot on the production, mm-hmm. where it kind of should be a little bit more. <laughs> buried in the mix and you kind of have like the instruments surrounding Mm. the vocal in this way instead of having it be up here and everything else is down here that i was getting yeah if you listen to this record within 30 seconds you'll under you'll hear exactly what i'm describing which is that it's like it's look up flanging look up phasing like it's just what happens when you double track and you're not exactly precise it makes these like like crazy yeah there's a lot white of noise things and that that dis, it's distracting a lot of time there's a lot of yeah. like double track vocal like that on um no doubts uh uh tragic kingdom okay you'll note her voice is double tracked like that and there's a lot mm. of uneven double tracking in parts yeah. and because mm. her voice is like mm. so yeah. when she's doing that kind yeah. of stuff it's all off double track it sounds a little bit more natural because it's a different mm. style of music but and Very I don't know why he don't like I listen back to old stuff to compare and there's double tracking just to beef things up and but this whole thing was like it's so bare like yeah. compared to all their crazy wild earlier stuff with all the symbols and stuff so the the double tracking kind of blends into the mix this I'm like they they produce their own albums I don't know why they didn't just let the vocals do he has a great voice yeah. why double tra- it's it made it sound weaker the whole time I which felt, is yeah. like i felt the oh, same way bummer, and, man and it made it harder too for some of the great lyrics that he was throwing out oh, there yeah. this is some of the most personal stuff about his like break from the church of scientology and his wife's like uh, alleged sexual assault i say alleged not to like you know if first because we don't want to i don't know yeah yeah i don't know i don't know yeah, I, for me, that I'll say that. It's like, was it a pop record? I don't know if I would call it a pop record. Uh, it's kind of hard because they are sort of this like prog, freak rock, art rock kind of band trying to play pop. So I think maybe, if anything, maybe if they come up with another album, we'll understand this album a little bit better. Maybe this is a transitionary record that like they need to release another album for us to fully understand what this album really means. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also their first album in 10 years. So it's kind of like they're back in a room together. They're kind of back together doing the thing so you know it's shaking the rust off a little bit a little bit something like that a very personal record uh things that i did like aside from the production the production too i found to be a bit distracting as well um there was kind of like some like some like lo-fi-ish sort of elements to this production that i wasn't huge huge on um 
I did really enjoy how like kind of sort of sprinkled around the record, but more prominently in Que Dios Te Maldiga Corazon. Uh, it has this uh, piano that sounds like you're listening to a piano being played on like a warped record. Mm-hmm. So it has this kind of like in and out of tune like thing. You know what I mean? Uh, there's interesting guitar all over the place. Um uh tourmaline that song i thought that was great i love like the cool synthy sort of mellotrony kind of thing going on uh that was kind of and i listened to this record back to back with the animals record and i was like oh interesting there's kind of like a little bit of similarities that i'm finding textures not songwriting but textures that i found that were pretty similar that song too had a lot of like the great like leaving church like leaving the scientology church kind of metaphor right right um yeah. Did you like, that song I sent you last night? Flashburns from Flashbacks had those yeah. awesome. This is my favorite song in this whole record. Those great guitar dives, like, mm. and it's just like vibing, like yeah. guitar dives over See, the that whole song, song. That song to me sounded like I know, and I know that you haven't really listened to much Mars Volta. I think you've probably listened to a decent amount, but you know, the, the, so the album allows in the Comatorium. The Flash Burns from Flashback sounded like an alternate universe version of the, I don't know how to pronounce it, forgive me, Sisatriz, Chichatriz, ESP, that's a song off of DeLauz and the Comatorium. I encourage you to A-B those two songs because you're like, oh, this is kind of, this song, the Flash Burns from Flashbacks is kind of a slowed down kind of version, but the the kind of like uh, uh a b the progression uh, like chord progression if you want to call it that in the songs and kind of the pace of the song and stuff like that it's like this is just a slower version of that um no case gain is kind of when it starts to kind of go like downhill for me i didn't like that the the vocal delivery on that song i think that's the one where he's like kind of like shouting da, 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 da. he's like doing this thing mm-hmm. from there the, i think the last couple songs on the album kind of like kind of like lose me a little bit but ultimately it's it's 14 songs which seems like a lot but it's 45 minute record so it's not crazy long uh, it was you still know. too many songs i thought some of them kind of got mixed meshed together with like their production and tempo style there was like maybe like you know two acoustics that built into with drums and you know what i'm saying so i could like there maybe count those to like one of those but there was some great stuff i love the last track on on this record too yeah good closer uh it was a great close it was like but again that was a little bit more of like the heavier rock stuff i'm not a i'm not not into rock bands doing pop records go for it please by all means tegan and sarah a folky duo from canada has done it quite well this for me i wanted it to go more pop more more big choruses for me Uh, pop is big choruses there were no big burn down the barn choruses on this record yeah so that's like my kind of thing it was a great little like you know rock pop record uh, was it a 10 out of 10 that the enemy gave it or a 5 out of 5? Oh, I, really? I don't think so. This is not a perfect album for me. This is an album no. that has flaws but has great greatness mm. in it. And for me, the real thing I, I wish, like, lyrically, I was you were able to concisely get his message across yep. on the first listen, not mm. the sixth listen. If you're a fan of this band, though, this record's a grower. Um, so and that's what they've always been, very cryptic and... Yeah, you, know, you had to decipher. Yeah, all like because the first yeah. time I listened to it, I was like, "This is about leaving our church," and there's not one cross to bear reference uh, reference in this whole lyric. Oh, and then I listened back, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, nope, it's in there." My it's, favorite, my favorite hard. song is "Blank Condolences," which I think has lines about like 
preaching from the pulpit and yes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. it does. Yeah. Um, so I got very like da, 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 nerd, 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 nerd. But that's because like I really like this record, and I was like, oh, can you just single take the single track the vocals? Like I I enjoyed the textures, I enjoyed the songwriting, I enjoyed the playing. Um, Blank and Dulce is my favorite song because I like the melody and like kind of the the electric keyboard stuff and the guitar comes in with like these kind of overdriven wah stuff at the end. Yeah, the wah with the yeah. vocal thing. That's and, cool. and I kind of like this pace. Like they say pop record, but that's because like this was a band doing like Santana on methamphetamine type of music <laughs> yeah, right, right. For, for 15 years. And now they're just like trying to be like, let's write four minute long songs and not 25 minute suites yeah. uh, with like bongo interludes and stuff. But uh yeah, I, re- I really like this album, and uh, we'll see where they go. I mean, I miss Juan Alderete. I will say that. If anybody doesn't know, Juan Alderete was the bass player from, like, 2004 until 2012. He had, like, he had a serious bicycle accident a couple years ago and had, like, traumatic brain injury, and he's back to playing bass, but, like, he's, like, pro- I, I think, like, in his early 60s. Mm. And so, long recovery, and... One of my favorite bass players of all time. But Ava Gardner does a good job playing bass on this record. Yeah. yeah. I want to shout out a lyric in Blank Condolences. If you audit the omens. Right. So Very Scientology. My favorite yeah. line on yeah. the whole record. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, great stuff in here. Yeah. yeah. We did get nitpicky about it, but that's just because that's what we do. And, you yeah. know, it's uh, yeah, it's one of those records. And I, I enjoy this mature thing because listen to the early stuff is straight up physically exhausting a lot of times oh yeah it's yeah, like yeah it's like hairpin turns it's like a roller coaster like oh, oh, oh at times. yeah for me I'm, i love it so yeah i'm like francis the mute allows in the comatorium those are probably like my two like top mars a volta records i like you know, um yeah but uh all right cool so to uh to wrap wrap the review give up let's give us let's give us a rating what are you what are you gonna say um i'm gonna give this a six five it's not a fully great prog record it's not a fully great pop record somewhere in the middle but it goes a little bit over the line six five i'm gonna give the same i did his last record all right uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna go seven three i'm gonna hit you with the pitchfork uh with the pitchfork thing um upon not a, a second seven two not a seven two <laughs> or a seven four but a seven three I agree with Luke in that sense. The production's a little bit rough. It did take me more than one listen for me to like fully understand it. However, hats off to uh, you know Cedric's vulnerability and coming out and and hitting us with some realness and some rawness and and all that stuff. You know, the mix could have been better in my opinion. But other than that, there's a lot of cool, interesting textures, and I'm very interested in seeing where they go from here. Same. Um, to me, a seven five. Uh, if it was single track, single track vocals, it'd be an eight. There you go. I like it a lot, though. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Tell us what you think. Also, as we sign off here on getting the garage, don't forget to like and comment and subscribe and share this podcast with all your friends. Uh, and yeah, like I said, let us know what did you think about the Mars Volta record? What did you think about the Blackpink record? What do you think about the new Animals mix? Let us know in the comments below. And until next week, this has been getting the garage. See you next week. Have a good week at school. Thanks for listening.